1: the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh. Fredo is from the Godfather. He was a weak brother.
2: I know it was you, Fredo. Is that
1: your and they use though? it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? A Are you I Italian? Get, I get a it's an insult to your people. It's an insult to your people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. So is that a cool thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, then we we'll Play. You got something you want to say about what I do on television? and say it. I'm not gonna call me a Hey, something. listen. What? I don't what? want any problems. Bro. Yeah, you're gonna have a big problem. What's the problem? It's a little you're different on TV. Don't insult me What's What's like that. Pro- I didn't insult you. you I call mean, me Fredo. It's like I call you Pump. You like that? You want well, that to be your nickname? I, I didn't call you that. I, I, you I called me Fredo. You know my name now. Fredo. your name was. You man. did not think my name was Fredo. Don't be a liar. I you want to be a man. Stand up like a man. I'm standing up. to be a man. i here. Then own what you man. said. Hey, then own right. what you said. Listen, listen them, I, I, I don't don't yeah, have why, a problem I said, with you, man. You're you gonna have a problem. What? What are you gonna do I'll, about it? I'll, I'll ruin you. you. I'll, I'll throw you down these stairs so. like a punk. Please do. Why? So you and can sue. So you can sue. why don't you do Go it? take a swing. You gonna call me Fredo? Take a swing. Take a swing. Watch your hands. Take a swing. Watch your hands. Take a swing. No, no, come on, boy. Come on, boy. you wanna call me? Call me. Hey, listen, I'm not doing anything. I'll wreck your stuff. Oh, Stop! You, you, didn't you, you, right? you didn't know what you were doing. I thought, thought it Fredo? was your name. You know. I thought it was your name. You didn't know, right? Hey, you didn't know what up. you were saying, right? I thought it was his you name. Send Fredo off you. to do this. Send Fredo
2: off to do that. Let Fredo take care of some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. Send Fredo to pick somebody up at the airport. I can handle things. I'm smart,
1: <laughs> not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart, and I want respect. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, folks, we've heard it all day long, and of course, it's a cover up uh, for the Reds beating people up at the Hong Kong airport. No one in the media wants to cover that. It's a cover up for Trump's budget deficit, which is widened by 27%, with federal spending setting new records, with American household debt nearing $14 trillion, with the mortgage debt hitting a record eclipsing the 2008 peak, with the average farm debt being $1.3 million. But okay, we can talk about Frito. That's the important stuff. Not. But I'll talk about Frito because I'll tell you why. Let me start with that because I started with that. But if you care to talk about more serious things, you know the phone number, 855-407-282, the only show and talk radio that uses Aristotelian logic. First of all, if you want to refer to an Italian as Frito, you got to understand something. Those are fighting words. It's a fighting word. Now, you say, well, I heard from all of the intelligent people in the media that he's thin-skinned and he freaked out. Let me ask you something. Didn't Jews take offense at Jesse Jackson referring to them as Hymies? Go up to a Jew and call him a Hymie and see what happens and say, I thought it was your name. If he's a burly kind of fighting Jew, a tough Jew, he'll beat the hell out of you. Or how about going up to an Irishman while he's having dinner with his wife and daughter and calling him a potato eater or a mick? See what happens to you. Go ahead. Check it out. Well, while you're at it, go up to a German who's in television and call him a kraut or a Pole and call him a Polak or call a Frenchman a frog or a Brit a Limey and see what happens to you. So I can understand where um, Frito Cuomo was coming from. Now, that part I understand, but him reverting to ghetto language like that indicates that he's pretty low low intelligence. He has no intellect. The the whole point to me is not that he stood up like a man in front of his wife and daughter over someone slurring him, which they did, and they did it to provoke him. There's no question about it. The issue to me is how he sounded like a, I don't know, like a street bum, like a rapper bum, a nobody would use words like, you know, P.A.B. Come on. That's the whole issue. Now, I don't think there's anything to talk about. Epstein's already over. I told you they'd sweep it under the rug. You don't even care about it anymore. It's gone. It's not even in the headlines. Killed in plain sight, murdered in plain sight. I said yesterday on the show, Scalia, remember him? Oh, the name Scalia, vaguely, isn't that a like scallops or something, an Italian dish? The Anthony Scalia, isn't that? No, Anthony Scalia was a U.S. Supreme Court justice, the chief justice, as a matter of fact. He went to a sleazy Tex-Mex motel and was found smothered to death. And the excuse was he smothered himself with a pillow. There was no autopsy at all. Right? Remember that one? Swept under the rug. So they want to get you, man, you're gone. We're living basically in a lawless state. We have been living in a lawless state going back to, I don't know, 100 years. If a government wants to get you, they're going to get you. If a powerful figure wants to get you, they're going to get you. Do you understand that? I hope you understand it because those of us in the media understand it very, very well. So now let's talk about the serious topics, okay? Okay which is bankruptcy filings rising across the nation. It could get worse. Federal spending sets record through July. The Treasury is running an $870 billion deficit. What does it actually mean? What does it mean? Go to the Drudge Report and see what it means. Uh, the deficit widened by 27% in this administration. In fact, the U.S. budget deficit already exceeds last year's total figure, and the poor farmers are... uh million in debt, the worst farming crisis in modern American history is upon us. You say, well, what do farms have to do with anything? I'll tell you what it has to do with. I'll tell you very clearly. We can become Zimbabwe. We have been exporting food to the world for a long time. If policies such as those that are in place are aimed at the farmer, Whether it's tariffs on Chinese goods, which have caused the Chinese not to buy American farm goods, which is causing bankruptcies, and of course the farmers are being upheld a little bit by subsidies and bailouts, but they don't want to be bailed out. Most farmers say I'd rather grow crops and make a living. They don't want to be a welfare case. You understand that? And they want to leave the farm. Do you think they want to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and milk cows? Do you understand what can happen here if they leave farming? We could wind up a net food importer in this country in 10 or 15 years, and it would mean we would become like Zimbabwe. Say, ah, it's too far afield. I don't even follow what you're saying. Let's talk about Frito. Let's just talk about Frito all day. Let's be like everyone else in radio. So I'll ask you if you want to talk about Frito. Do you think using the word Frito is racist? And by the way, while we're talking about that, should Trump have responded to this with more words than he did to the Hong Kong Violence? What what is this? As a conservative, do you care about the debt anymore? Why is this allowed to go on? Is debt really a problem? Why is it not a problem? If you max out your credit card, what happens to you? They take your credit card back. They cancel your credit, right, Jim? You don't pay your mortgage, what, three months? Four months, five maybe, max, you're out of a house. We are bankrupt fundamentally. But, oh, no, all is well. All is well. Sorry, MAGA. Um, what about amnesty for illegal aliens a new poll by the left-wing pew group says 77 percent of americans want amnesty for illegals i don't believe it but the bigger question is people of the savage nation have you given up on the immigration fight have you just given up realizing you're never going to get so much as a speed bump and there's going to be amnesty under trump and what would you say then What if Trump goes along with amnesty? What would you say, MAGA? It's good for America? I guess you will. How about, well, I don't want to bring up the Ferguson thing again. How about something as obscure as this? I know there are many in the media who are pigs, who think that animals on the earth should all be extinct, and that the earth itself should be paved over. They're what's known as throwbacks. They're the worst of the worst. They're misleading you. I'm the opposite. I've been an animal rights activist since I began in radio. I've also been an earther since I began in radio because I'm sensitive to the fact that we all live on the same planet. I know it sounds like anathema to the cigar-smoking, hamburger-eating, coronary uh, artery people out there. But why do you think so many animal popula- how m- so many animals on our Earth are disappearing? Do you know that forest animal populations have plummeted by half since 1970? You say, well, what does it have to do with me? You're saying, I don't really care about forest animals. Well, I'll tell you why you should. Because as I taught you, in basic ecology 101, which most people in radio never took, all they took was con man 101, want me to tell you what it means? I am the eagle. You are the eagle. What does that actually mean? That You, you would have learned that in 1970 if you went to college and studied a thing called ecology at that time. So when DDT was being sprayed to kill bugs, the DDT leached into the ground. The eagles took up the DDT. The DDT cracked the eagle's eggs and there were very few eagles being born. The bald eagle, which is a symbol of America, almost became extinct because of the overuse of DDT. So you say, well, what does it have to do with me? So if the eagle is taking up DDT, and their eggs are cracking, it means even uh, bumptuous morons in the media have also ingested DDT and toxins and are suffering for it. Just look at the health. Half of them are on steroids or oxygen or drugs to keep going every day, and they see no connection between their failing health and their foolishness. Their uh, just lack of intelligence is frightening. And I think it's so important that America learn all over again, if it never learned it the first time, that it's okay to love animals and to protect the earth if you're a conservative, that you don't have to hide the fact that the conservative movement owns the conservation movement. It's not owned by the liberals. And it's really sad to me to have people who are phonies sit up there and say that We shouldn't care about animals. We should mock animals. We should kill animals. We should wipe out animals. We should wipe out the earth, poison the earth in the name of commerce. At the same time I'm talking about this, there's another major story that could rip your heart out. Trump's EPA, it's the most monstrous EPA I've ever seen in my life, it's uh, an 80-year-old throwback organization, has just granted the right to do an open pit mine somewhere in the northwest the size of Manhattan. Listen to what I just said to you. Rape the earth, the size of Manhattan, in order to extract gold. Do you understand that this is like the Aztecs, and this is like the Spanish who raided the Aztecs for gold? What happened to the Spanish who were obsessed with gold? What is going to happen to a nation like ours, which is obsessed with wealth and obsessed with showing things off while we're killing the earth and everything in it? Think about that one. That's certainly more important than talking about Frito. Savage.
4: It's a very tricky situation. I think it'll work out, and I hope it works out for Liberty. I hope it works out for everybody, including China. I hope it works out peacefully. I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope nobody gets killed.
3: So we are witnessing a new Tiananmen Square right now in front of our eyes. uh, And, of course, the MAGA people have nothing to say. I haven't heard a word from the left either, by the way, because the communists are their philosophical and political uh, brethren. As you understand, the communist Chinese are what Bernie Sanders and occasional cortex would like America to become, an authoritarian communist uh, nation. So they haven't said very much about the... uh, communist Chinese wanting to suppress freedom in Hong Kong and steal Hong Kong and make it part of China. You'll say, well, it's always been part of China. That's absurd, by the way. That's like saying Texas has always was always part of Mexico and the Americans had no right to fight at the Alamo to take Texas to America. It's absurd. You know, things change over time. China wants to take over Hong Kong. China wants to take over the islands in the area. China wants to take over Taiwan. That's the next one they're going to take. And they have to be stood up to. And Trump should do more than say, I hope everything works out. Reagan wouldn't have done that. All of you Reaganites out there, would Reagan have said, I hope everything works out and no one gets hurt? He would have put it another way. He would have done something along the lines of uh, China should not be um, vicious to the people of Hong Kong. They have tasted freedom and they want to continue enjoying their freedom. And we believe that China should leave Hong Kong alone. And we also are a friend of China, and we want to do business with them. What's wrong with that? Do you have to be retarded to understand what I just said to you? It's not either or. I mean, what do we stand for anymore? What does this nation stand for anymore? I said to you yesterday, the nation appears to be financially well off, but it really isn't. The underpinnings are horrendous. But let's say, for the sake of the average person out there, things are coming up roses. But socially, we have had a nervous breakdown. The society is an emotional wreck. The people are at each other's throats. Blame anyone you want. Depends on which side you're on. We've had a nervous breakdown in this country. At the same time, this administration is like a cyclops with a level of greed I've never seen in the history of this nation. Not since I'm alive have I ever seen an administration as insane for destroying the earth and destroying everything in it in the name of profit. Never. I've never seen anything like this. And how can the conservatives not comprehend what I, their professor, tried to teach them when I wrote God, Faith, and Reason? You know, that book was a best-selling book, and not even on a minor scale. It was a best-selling book amongst people who actually read. I didn't buy copies for myself to boost sales. I didn't have front companies buy copies, as most in the business do. I put it out there, and a lot of people bought it. And in God, Faith, and Reason, there is a section on the environment under, the, under a title that's very simple. It's called Dominion, I think. There it is, Dominion, on page 71. And it's worth reading to you. Maybe the reading will get through to some of you who are religious out there and are conflicted about what's going on. According to Genesis, God told Adam and Eve, be, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. But what did I, Michael Savage, write? I wrote, there are some things in the Bible I don't happen to agree with. Does it make me an anti-God, anti-religious person? No. I would say that people must evolve past the original message of the Bible. I mean, we don't kill adulterers anymore, do we? Do we kill homosexuals? Not unless you're a retrograde throwback Islamist. There are many things in the Bible that must be taken in the context of the times, and one of them is the passage I quoted above. What does dominion, have dominion really mean? Does it mean you should slaughter animals mercilessly and eat them? I don't think so. In fact, I interpret having dominion to mean protecting them. No one has said that in modern times the way I have. Understand that we've reached a point in human evolution that we must evolve past the throwbacks in the media. I can handle things, I'm smart, (laughs) not like everybody
0: says.
3: (laughs) Well, we all love the Frito joke, and it's a nice distraction. And I brought you into a land of fruitful fields to eat the fruit thereof and the good thereof, but when you entered it, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. That's in a primitive book called the Bible, is Jeremiah two seven, as quoted in the book of our times, God, Faith, and Reason, by myself, Michael Savage. And I said, that means we must eat plants and animals to survive, but we don't have to destroy whole species just because we can. It is in our best interest to conserve them for the future. That is the true meaning of exercising dominion to ensure that all living things have the opportunity to flourish, which will allow human beings to benefit from them in the future. In doing so, we enable them to live the best life they possibly can in a world in which living things must consume other living things to survive. And we must not, must not make them suffer when they are slaughtered. That, by the way, is the origin of the kosher food laws to teach man, among other things, to be compassionate to animals and the earth. I remember when I read that, I was very amazed by it, that kosher food laws were not written about clean, per se. They were written, I I saw this this concept, oh, 30, 40 years ago in an anthropological journal, that the kosher food laws about slaughtering animals, for example, humanely, to not use a rusty knife or a, a blade that's not sharp, was in order to subdue the killer instinct in man. Do you understand any of that? That's what it was, is to make people more sensitive to the animal they were killing. You know, I wrote a book, God, how many years ago? I keep referring to my books because I'm a writer primarily. Uh, I've written 30 published books. There are many books I've written that have not been published that may be published in the next few years. I'm at a publisher who's a literary editor who finally understands who I am. You'll have to see what comes down uh, in the future, but... That's not up to me right now. What's up to me is the fact that many years ago, in 1972, I published a book entitled, where a book of mine was published by Macmillan called Earth Medicine, Earth Foods. I absorbed myself in Native American thinking and lore for years to write that book. And one of the things I stumbled upon was that when, I don't know which tribe it was, when they went out in the field looking for a certain plant to heal themselves with an illness or to heal someone, meaning a medicinal plant, When they were out in the forest looking for that plant, when they came upon the first number of that species, they didn't pick it. Let's say they're looking for a certain plant called the curative plant. So they went out looking for it, and it was pretty rare. The first one they found they didn't pick. Do you know why? Because they were wise enough to know it could have been the last one. So what they did was they continued trekking in the forest looking for the next member of that species to pick that one. That's how sensitive they were to the earth. Now compare that with who we have now in the Environmental Protection Agency or in the Forest Service. We have throwbacks that have no sensitivity whatsoever to the needs of the earth, and they will rape everything in it if they're not stopped. You say, well, what am I, a hardcore leftist? No, I'm not at all a leftist. I am what I am. But the important thing is that you not be hoodwinked into thinking that if you have sensitivity to animals or to the earth itself, that you're some kind of communist or leftist. That's part of the big lie being put upon you by the big killers of the land and animals. Now we're going to turn to... Well, you want to go back to Frito. Okay, Denver, Rocco on the Frito thing. Go ahead, please. Make your point if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, Dr. Savage, the the term Frito... Is not offensive to Italians.
3: The term—it well, it was a hold it. It's not offensive to you, but it's offensive to Chris Cuomo.
4: Well, well, because of his ego. But you know, this comes from—you know—Rush Limbaugh said this, made this term. You know, said he Fre- calls him Fredo, so he's he's offended probably at that. But this, I don't
3: know that. What 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 is what does Rush Limbaugh have to do with this discussion?
4: Rush Limbaugh calls him Fredo.
3: So. What does that make Rush Limbo a genius? He should get a Nobel Prize for that?
4: No, no, no. I'm just telling you, this is where this stems from.
3: So what if you called Rush Limbo junkie?
4: What
3: what if you call Rush Limbo junkie? What what would that do? Would that get him mad? What if you called Rush Limbo fatty? What would happen then? What if you saw Rush Limbo eating in Palm Beach and call him Fatso? What would happen then? I I have no idea. What would he say? I'm happy you called me fatso? No, but what I'm trying to say Now didn't Jews take offense when Jesse Jackson referred to them as Hymies? And
4: they should have. That's a that's a derogatory
3: term. How about an Irishman being called a mick or a potato eater?
4: No question about it. That's an. I-
3: you go up to a German and call him a kraut today, even or a French a frog or a Brit a limey. The guy's going to get offended. These are called fighting words. So look, let's stop mincing words. Chris Cuomo was raised by a very tough father, a uh, very tough father from the old the old the old style. And whether you like his politics or not, is irrelevant. He's a man. And men don't like to be insulted by other men. You know that.
4: No, of course. But let me explain something to you. The term Wok, the term Giddy, the term uh, "dago." these are all derogatory terms uh, focused on...
3: Yes, but if you refer to an Italian man as a Frito, you are putting him down. You're saying you're a weakling. So what do you expect the guy to do? He's going to respond to it.
4: I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the man that called him Frito... Probably never saw the movie The Godfather. Doesn't know what the term means. Oh yes,
3: he did. The man who called him Fredo did it to provoke him into hitting him. Well, it was a I, it was a setup to get I did, it was a setup to get Chris Cuomo to respond. Come on, anyone anyway, would see that.
4: Well, let me explain something to you. I've trained fighters off and on for twenty years. I've sparred thousands and thousands of rounds, and I'm Italian, and I come from a tough father and a very. And good if
3: I came in, ran into you, and you, I didn't know you when I called you Fredo, you wouldn't get mad.
4: Well, no, because I know where it comes from. It comes from the movie The Godfather.
3: I understand, but it refers to the weakling son.
4: I guess my point is, I wouldn't threaten to throw you down a flight of stairs with my background. Right.
3: See, now that, that's, that. An, see, now that's the essence of the story. It's not that, that Chris responded to this guy who was provoking him, but it was the language that he used in front of his wife and daughter that's offensive. And the fact that he used ghetto language that was equally offensive and that he got so infuriated, which shows he's imbalanced. Those are the issues, I think, not the fact that someone used the word Frito or, in fact, that he responded to it. He responded in the wrong way. It shows he has no control over himself and no balance. I think that's the issue. But look, let me ask you something, Rocco. You're a tough guy. You're a realist. You love Trump. What issues other than this bother you today?
4: Well, this this whole liberal idealism and these, this Antifa nonsense of beating...
3: You, you don't care anything about the budget deficit being out of control?
4: Oh, no, of course. But I, I, I can't... What do you think about
3: Trump not saying anything about Hong Kong using violence against protesters, uh, China using violence against protesters in Hong Kong? Shouldn't that be an issue for us? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You see, you're the type of guy who knows what's right and wrong, and you'll stand up for what's right. I know that. So it's not like you have to intellectually say something. You'll just act. You're a man of action, right? Absolutely. I know that. You know, I know the type of guy you are. You're a great guy, Rocco. Let me send you a great book. Can I send you a Savage Life? It's my story. I think you'll love it. Thank say you. yeah, yes. Yeah. All you gotta do is say yes. Yes. Thank you. Now, if you said no, I'd be insulted. Then you'd have a problem. No. <laughs> You never have a problem with me, Rocco. I'm an actually a nice guy. I'm a pacifist. Not. Look, I'm a hothead. I'm a hothead. I've been a hothead my whole life. It doesn't mean I'm a tough guy, which I am not. But I'm tough enough to have survived all these years and to have risen to where I've risen without being a member of the uh, cartel, the media cartel. I have no agent who represents everyone in the top tiers of the media who, who rakes the money off the top and then tries to control everybody else by pushing them off stations. I've done all this based upon you, the listener. Do you understand that? So it's not like you have to hit somebody to get where you are. You don't have to beat anybody up. In fact, I think the most important thing you can teach a son about manhood is to be, yes, stand up for yourself, but don't be provoked easily into rage or into violence. That's the the simplest way to throw a, a man off is to provoke him into a rage. Do you understand that? Cuomo showed he has no self-control. He should have had much better self-control than that. I think that's the the issue. Now, let's go back, please, to the issue of the Reds using violence, beating people at the Hong Kong airport. Do you know what Hong Kong actually is? One of my listeners, Kobayashi Maruan at, at A Savage Nation, says Hong Kong is a Western city. If we let it fall, Taiwan, which is largely Christian, is in deep trouble. Hong Kong is a better city than anything in the United States. Optimistic, clean, advanced, food is incredible. Now, I've never been to Hong Kong, but I've met people who I know are Hong Kongese. They're beautiful people. And they do have a right to enjoy the freedoms that they've enjoyed for a very, very long time. And if they were to lose that freedom during the Trump administration, it would be a terrible, terrible thing, because they will next go after Taiwan, and who knows what they might do after that, the communist Chinese, might they go after Japan? Now, they call Taiwan a province of China. You know that. But I don't think they think very highly of the Japanese, especially after what the Japanese did to the Chinese uh, during World War II. I'm aware of those horrendous times in human history. The taking of Chinese women as sex slaves by the Japanese military. The rape of Nanking, for example, by the Japanese military, The Chinese never forget. I'm a minor student of Chinese culture. I've read Chinese poetry going back a thousand years in English translation. I've collected Ming Dynasty era pottery. So don't think I'm just talking out of my nose. I've read Chinese history. They never forget. They never forget anything. And they don't forget what the Japanese did to them. However, should we forget that we represent freedom for the world if we are not representative of that to the world, then what do we represent? Tell me what. Savage. Well, now we come back to the uh, final inning of the first hour of this show. Remember now, this show is live in many, many markets on many stations for hour number two. If you don't get hour number two, you can ask your local station to carry it. Or it's simple. You could go to my website at the end of the show, michaelsavage.com, and you'll get a podcast which contains the whole two-hour show. Did you know that? Guess what that costs you? Nothing. So last night I had a rough night. I have some issues going on that I'm not going to talk about. There, They're not family, but they're issues that kept me awake. I was tossing and turning. I don't have nights like that anymore. I got to tell you. I sleep pretty good. I'm not going to sell you a mattress now or a pillow. I sleep very well, okay? I sleep well because I do good work, and uh, I answer only to my own conscience and to God, and I hope my family, if they have time to hear the show, is proud of me. Other than that, I don't worry too much about my radio show. I don't worry about too many things in the world anymore. Of course, I think about my mortality and what it means and all that crap, but I'm not going to bother you with it. We all... We all carry that shell around, right? I had issues. I couldn't sleep. So I'm tossing and I'm turning and I'm this thing and that. I haven't had a night like that in many years. So you know what I did? I got out of bed. I found out years ago that insomnia never killed anybody. Worrying about not sleeping is what kills you. Did you know that? So I got up. I said, the hell with it. I can't take it. I'm going to get out of bed. So I get out of bed. Thank God for the internet. I went on the internet for one hour. I reviewed every website that I usually go on. And I picked stories for today's website, I picked stories for today's show at 2.30 in the morning, I don't know for how long, an hour until I got a little sleepy. Then I figured I'm dreary, I'll go back to sleep. I mean, we're living in a modern world that is so remarkably great. All you hear is how bad everything is and how bad the internet is and how bad social media is. I look at it another way. It's not all bad. Some things are good. You can't keep dooming and glooming yourself with the whole world's coming to an end because it's not. And there are great things that I never had. I remember 40 years ago, if I had an incident like this, where would I go? Well, I'd have to go out on a deck. I was living in California. I'd look at the stars. Or I'd have to do something trivial like write a book. But I don't have to look at the stars anymore or write a book. I don't have to write a poetry or paint a picture. I'm a modern man. All I have to do is scan the Internet and have a perfect night's sleep. Isn't that wonderful? That's the death of art literature astronomy science and mankind itself but i had a nice night after that i went right back to sleep
0: the westwood one podcast network warning the savage nation contains adult language adult content psychological nudity listener discretion is advised and now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and national radio hall of fame inductee, Michael Savage. When a plot
5: against the Emperor
2: failed. Plotters were always given a chance to let
0: the families keep their fortunes.
2: Yeah, but only the rich guys, Tom. The little guys, they got knocked off and all their estates went to the emperors. Unless they went home and they killed themselves, then nothing happened. And their families, their families were taken care of, Tom.
3: That was a good break.
2: Nice deal. Yeah. Hey, they went home. They sat in a hot bath, opened up their veins, and bled to death. And sometimes they had a little party before they did it. Don't worry about anything, Frankie Fivert. Thanks,
1: Tom.
3: Playing that at Jim Verde's suggestion, he's of that faith, so he knows every piece out of The Godfather, He does. And he said, you got to play the uh, Frank Pentangeli, the five angels from The Godfather, where Tom Hagen comes to visit him in federal lockup. And he basically admits to himself, tells him he's going to, you know, he's going to kill himself if they take care of his family. And I'm playing it because of the uh, Epstein uh, uh, deal. Okay, we don't know whether he did or didn't. We're never going to know. It's with the peons. It's been swept under the rug already. Uh, What's her name? The, uh, the genius who runs the facility. No one ever heard from her. Not a word from her. You hear? Imagine this, a suicide in the most locked-down prison in the world, and she hasn't been heard from. The coroner, nobody heard from. Autopsy, nothing, zero. Gone already. Gone with the wind. So we, the little people, will talk about other things. That's one of my favorite actors. He died in 1990-something. He played, uh, he played uh, Michael Vigazo, great guy. He played uh, Pentangeli in uh, in The Godfather. I didn't know this guy was so talented. Michael Vigazo, who played Frankie Pentangeli, remember him in The Godfather? See, you you know, you look at an art like that, a, a picture like that, and you see a guy playing this guy, a low, let's say, a lower grade, a low down gangster. You don't realize what's in this man as a human being. And I look it up. I didn't know this man wrote in 1955 a drama called The Hat Full of Rain, which was a huge hit. I didn't know that he wrote uh, screenplays, including a great screenplay for Elvis Presley, one of his best screenplays. So, you know, you don't know what's in a man. My father told me that when I was young. He used to tell me that, uh, watch out, you don't know who people really are until you get to know them. He was right about that. So we could talk about what's going on in the world now, the environment being stepped on and crushed, animals being killed, species being wiped out the country going backwards 80 years on environmental and uh, and such. And we'll do that as well. Many of you are calling and that. You're, res- you're responding to me. We could talk about the U.S. budget being busted and uh, the president saying nothing about it, but awful lot of words about Chris Cuomo's Frito outburst. I guess that's more important. we got to put things in context. That's what's important. And uh, where's the American left on the Reds beating up The Chinese in Hong Kong, where are they? Any one of them say anything? I haven't seen it. Maybe I missed it. I want to show you something. I want to read a page from God, Faith, and Reason, not on animals. This is not going to be boring, children. Don't start squirming in the chairs and leave the room. You don't have a hall pass yet. There's an odd story in God, Faith, and Reason entitled Rabbi in a Brothel, a fable. Now, if you have the book, you probably read it and said, who is this guy that could write like that? Well, I'm like this character, Michael. I'm like this guy, Michael Vigazo. I look like one thing, but I actually am another. I sound like one thing, but I'm actually another. It doesn't mean I don't believe what I say. I believe it very deeply. But there's depth to Michael Savage that you don't know much about. Maybe I'll be lucky enough to be alive when you do. Right now, I'm a single, a monodimensional character to most of, most of you. You only heard me on radio. On, on radio. But in this book, God, Faith, and Reason, which was a bestseller a few years ago, there's a a weird story called Rabbi in a Brothel. I don't have time to read it to you, but I have a page from it that I want to read to you for a couple of reasons. And I don't know where to begin, really. Um, Okay, I'll go here, because you've got to know the context. And it goes like this. Look what the New York Times had become. It's a character in there. He says, one power mad psychopath after another paraded throughout the papers with all the details of his or her personal wealth displayed so as to render the moderately successful reader impotent and hopeless by the time the sports page was reached. Could this epic of the Sulzburgers be compared with Ecclesiastes? No, of course not. Which is why the original book of the Jews was now read only by illiterate fools who by circumstance or genetic dysfunction believed the words had been dictated from heaven and inscribed in stone. Probably a collection of constipated poets, failed jewel hustlers, bankrupt sandal makers, whoremongers past their prime, child molesters, animal torturers, another biblical age riffraff thought the bridge driver, as he now approached the south tower of the Golden Gate Bridge nearing the toll booths into the city. He glanced at the tiny fortune cookie fortune scotch tape to the dashboard of his old two-door Bronco, and it said, you are an angel, beware of those who collect feathers." But now, by now it's a private comedy. I'm no angel, but I've lost most of my feathers mostly trying to fly, he mused. Every time I've been given a chance, I could soar like an eagle. It's been the trying to fly where the real losers live. Those failed writers who became agents, now all menopausal and ready to give to the UJA after years supporting the PLO. Those tight-lipped WASP academics whose guilt made them hire the Jews after the Holocaust. The academic Jews who chose to exile any hint of rebellion in their Jewish male descendants, welcoming instead the women and other minorities they thought they could bamboozle. And bamboozle they did, running every racket known to the mafia within the halls of academe, encouraging all the while the debate over affirmative action so they could continue their plunder, plundering unnecessary research funds, conducting excessive animal experimentation, molesting their young students, holding grandiose conferences modeled on the tools of those governmental bureaucrats they did business with, the look what the universities have become, he thought, plunderer of graduate students' discoveries and labor, plunderer of all lost ideals everywhere and in all time, since Abraham tried to slay Isaac but was saved by a counter-hallucination, a generation of incompetence not seen in the history of the Republic Incompetents who had created their own fields of study to justify their lack of productive scholarship in the real fields of learning, those fertile fields which blossomed with a flora so vibrant and diverse, now reduced in size and offering two women's studies, black studies, Chicano studies, lesbian studies, gay studies, trans studies, all non-sciences created by jingoists with tenure, desperate for attention and respect." Leo Tolstoy wrote somewhere that those who believe their religion is greater than God will believe that their sect is greater than their religion and end up by believing that they are greater than their sect. On and on it went as he drove over the Golden Gate Bridge. That's from Rabbi in a Brothel, a fable inside God, Faith, and Reason. And thank God I haven't hit a time stop yet because I want to take some callers on all the topics I raised in the first hour. However, if you care to comment on my uh, writing... In any way, please don't call because there's nothing more I could say. I cannot make any commentary over it. Just read the book. It's that simple. Let's go to Saudi Arabia, believe it or not. Grant is calling from there. Grant, uh, you're calling on the Internet, or you're listening on the Internet from Saudi?
5: Uh, actually, I'm listening to it uh, right now I'm, uh, through my phone, so it's just a Wi-Fi connection through my telephone.
3: Unbelie- but you're in Saudi Arabia?
5: Uh, yes, sir, yep.
3: And you're allowed to listen to my show in Saudi Arabia?
5: It's it's uh, I've I've deployed to Middle Eastern countries before. Uh, I'm not currently in the army, but uh, I love. I, I,
3: lo- I mean, I, that's what I mean by the modern world we live in. I think it's fabulous. So, what provoked you? Hang on so long to call the show today?
5: Uh, the whole Epstein situation. One of the things. I mean, besides all the Clinton connections and all the other high level politicians that might be involved with the guy. Uh, the guy was a narcissist, and these people typically don't kill themselves. He beat the rap before; got a slap on mm. the wrist. I just don't believe that a guy like that would be capable of killing himself.
3: I hear you. And that's a very keen. It's a keen insight. Yeah, he loved himself too much to to kill himself. I get it. So that's about it. So who did it? Who done it?
5: Well, The Clinton death list continues to grow. I, I mean, it's that's a simple. Yeah, Bob, come
3: on, you really mean it has to be the Clintons? Was Bill Clinton the only one who went to Magic Island?
5: Uh, he might be the only person with the power to do something like that.
3: Well, there's the royal family involved, isn't it?
5: That's that's true, and they've got... They surely don't need any
3: more scandal than they already have. Yeah. So, you know, it's a whodunit that will go on for a while now, but I don't think we're ever going to get the answer. Yeah. Uh, If we lived in a true democracy, the news would be clamoring outside the warden's house around the clock until they can get her to speak. But you'll notice nobody even showed a picture of her. However, if you want to find it, you can find it on michaelsavage.com. Grant, thank you very much for listening out there in Saudi Arabia. I like saying Saudi. People don't know it's not Saudi Arabia. It's not Saudi. Saudi. It's not Saudi Arabia. That's like if you're Larry David, you say Saudi Arabia. It's Saoud's it's the House of Saud, Saudi Arabia. Arabians know that. Bill in Los Angeles, line eight. Thank you for calling. What is on your mind, my friend?
2: Hi, Mike. So great to hear you doing the two hours live. Um, I love it.
3: I love it. I love it. I love it. So, what are you calling about?
2: Got to have it. Well, thinking more about how, you. You
3: use the term "quizzling" as it's become a generic term,
2: and um, I'd like you to. You know, draw the distinction maybe between an actual character like that, or Frito, the actual character in the movie, and as opposed to a, a made-up r- actual racial slur like.
3: You mean like Mick or Potato Eater?
2: Yes, yeah, that are you know r- really demeaning, and r- rather than just exemplary of some so in words.
3: Have I called a politician a quizzling? Which I've done over the years it's referring to a man named quisling who was a traitor to his own people right
2: right right
3: uh, but you're saying what about that that that's a slur
2: same same as frido had the you know the uh, negative characteristic of being weak or disrespected it was an actual character and you're using that as an example
3: all right but okay i sort of get what you mean quisling was an actual character while Frito was a fictional character but nevertheless he represented weakness right
2: Exactly, as opposed to just a made-up name that's supposed to be mean and spiteful. You know, so
3: what is your main point, Bill?
2: Well, I'd like you to draw the distinction and say that um, it wasn't a racial slur to call him. It, 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 Chris Cuomo is mistaking
3: it. Well, it's as, not a racial slur, but it is a put-down.
2: Well, the put down.
3: But, but he, he made it a racial slur, which well, is. Because he's not that intelligent. You see, Chris Cuomo is not that intelligent. He, unfortunately, is not the smartest of the sons. He probably is the dumbest of the sons. Uh, he is not a weakling, though. I think people are making a mistake calling him a weak guy. He's not a weak guy by any means. Does he look weak to you?
2: Oh, no. He works out and all that. Right. No, he's
3: a tough kid. He's not a weakling and he was with his wife and kid and this guy went up and provoked him and called him Frito. It was a slap in the face, even though it's not a racial slur at all. That's stupid for them to call it a racial slur. It's not. It's just a put down. But the part of it that I think upsets most people is that Cuomo showed how low class he actually is and he went down into the gutter and started using dumb rapper language. I mean, which I felt was so stupid and it just shows you where this mind, this guy's mind is at. And, uh, Bill, thank you. You must be a screenwriter calling from L.A. because you like words, right? Let's go to Fresno, California. Fresno. Tyler in Fresno, line 7. Tyler, welcome to the Savage Nation. What's on your mind?
2: How are you doing, Dr. Savage? Thank you for what you do and telling it like it is.
3: Okay, quickly, what's on your mind, my friend?
2: All right, so I just wanted to point out in the Law of Moses that they could not muzzle their ox when plowing the field so the ox was allowed to eat the corn. Also, another law was that the mother that they could not feed a kid in their mother's milk. Right? They
3: could not. They could not cook a kid in his mother's milk. Those were humane laws put in by the ancient Israelites. Correct? Yes, sir. But if in that time there was radio and there were people who made extraordinarily large fortunes by bamboozling the Jews, they'd get up and say, Oh, <laughs> come on now." There's nothing wrong with bathing a kid in its mother's milk. <laughs> I'm a conservative, and we like to bathe kids in their mother's milk. You get the story, don't you? Yes,
5: sir. I, the problem
3: is— I am so sick I- of the fake—I'm con- sick of the fraudulent conservatives out there. They're a bigger enemy to, the, to America than the liberals are. Because everybody knows what the liberals are. They know that they're naked communists. But when you pose as a conservative and you rip off the conservation movement, when you rip off humanity and you rip off your main treatment of animals, you're doing a greater disservice than any American communist has yet done. I'll be right back on The Savage Nation. Savage. It is the Savage Nation going strong after all these years. And uh, we're talking about many topics, including, of course, the cheap topic of uh, Cuomo and all that stuff. It's only going to make him bigger in the media. That's all there is to it. And my bottom line is, yeah, he's a hot-tempered guy, and he's no weakling, and he's not like Frito, no, uh, at all of that. It's not racist. It's just a put-down. That's all. And he stood up to some guy who provoked him, as you would, incidentally. So, it's not a racial slur at all, but it is a a slur on his masculinity. I mean, do I have to spell it out? Then we're talking about much more important things, which is China, the Reds in China uh, beating people up in Hong Kong. That's a huge story. Or the economy underneath the surface not doing very well at all when you see the, the warning signs coming. I'm really worried about it. And I think the Trump spending is crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how you could, how can a conservative support spending like this? How can you support it? On what basis can you support that? New York, Sam, Line 1, let's go quickly into the topic that you called about Line 1.
4: What's going on? You hear me? Yes, hurry up. Yeah. I want to tell you, why are you pushing us to go to start making problems with China? Who gives, who they beat a couple of people? We have no problems of our own.
3: So it's not our business? Not at all. Not at all.
4: People is okay. one thing. They be-
3: So let me ask you something. In 1940, 1939, when people were being herded into concentration camps, it wasn't our business either, right?
4: Are you comparing a beat to a concentration camp? No, but it
3: starts with the beating, doesn't it?
4: Oh, so when it reaches concentration camps, I agree with you. right now, when I... Well,
3: all right, you're a rational man. You're not a communist Chinese plant. That's good. That's good.